Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss modern-day Jane Austen adaptations. Now covering Emma Approved, I'm Jillian Davis. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. Keep up with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Pemberley. You can help support our running costs on patreon.com slash thepemberley. And if you have any questions or comments, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Pemberley Podcast. How are you doing, Jillian? I'm good. Just mostly trying to survive the heat in July. Uh, Yes. I've done a good job of it so far. Yeah. Because I'm alive. Behind the scenes of the podcast, it's actually been a little while since we've seen each other and since we've recorded. Actually, the last time we recorded was probably the last time we saw each other. I know. Sorry, everyone. We took a break, but um, we just... Life Life just (laughs) slipped in there, you know? You went to New York City. Yeah. For kind of the first time in your life. Yeah. First time you got to really experience it. Definitely. And it was so hot. It was in the middle of a heat wave. Yep. So, I mean, before I landed, there was a blackout. And then after I left, there was a blackout. So those were the bookends. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I do remember seeing that on Instagram. Yeah. Because I follow some Broadway actors on on Instagram (laughs) stories. And they were like, hey, party in the streets because we can't do our Broadway show. Which I never thought about that. Like, what do you do in a big show like that if the power goes out? Uh, A coworker told me that her friend actually, after entering the Hamilton lottery for so long, after so many times trying to win finally won the night of the blackout so she couldn't go because of the blackout that's tragic and you just think of all the people who plan their lives around like either seeing a show or anything it's just out of their control out of anyone's control so it's just a bummer but still i've seen or i've had i've purchased tickets to see two shows in my life that had to be like canceled or rescheduled because something happened to the star. Oh, wow. Yeah. Once was like, a, I was going to Memphis to visit a friend and we were going to see Amy Schumer perform. And then she just canceled three of her tour dates. And that was one of them. I mean, like for that one, like they, I don't even think they rescheduled it. They just refunded just, our money. Okay. I'm Another right. one was one of the sort of, Broadway actors that I follow, he like was performing a show out here and then he got like strep throat or something. And so luckily that was here in LA. So I could make the rescheduled date because I wasn't like flying in for it. Yeah. 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 It happens though. Oh, I feel so bad for your friend. I know. Hamilton like on Broadway. On Broadway. That's for $10. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's like a steal. Yeah. Speaking of shows. Yeah. What have you been watching recently, Yolanda? I actually, this past week, just started watching Killing Eve, ah. which is, is it executive produced and written by Phoebe Waller? She's an Pretty executive sure. producer yeah, yeah, yeah. and a writer on the show. I don't think she created the show the no. way she created Fleabag, right. but she is up there. <laughs> yeah, which Phoebe Waller-Bridge, in case, we've talked about Fleabag on the show before, mm-hmm. too. Killing Eve is about a... Uh, detective or she's she works with the british intelligence and she kind of gets pulled into a special team who is trying to track down this assassin who has been working with they don't know who but they know like she's been working for a long time and she's very good at what she does because she's completely untraceable to the point where she'll like leave her dna everywhere without caring about anything about any repercussions Mm -hmm. so without giving away spoilers basically this detective who is played by sandra oh who is amazing Mm -hmm. uh i watched gray's anatomy and like she was so good in that and she's just as good as this in this too 
in general, she's always had a fascination around female serial killers. Mm -hmm. So she started to piece together that this, this serial killer that they're starting to find might be a woman. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of obsessed with it. But then something happens. And then for other reasons, she's like even more obsessed with trying to track down this woman. And also this assassin who's played by Jodie Comer. Uh, who's so young she's like 24 years or like 26 or something she's yeah and she like switches between accents and all these like she's just an incredible actress she also like starts to develop like this obsession with sandra's character Mm -hmm. so like there's this weird obsession with each other for different reasons yeah and it's interesting because like if you watch the pilot because of the all the promos that I've seen of them two together I thought oh they meet at the end of this episode but no it actually takes a little while before they finally meet and I'm still working my way through season 1 so I don't quite know yet how their dynamic plays out mm-hmm. um but it's it's a very dark show it's complete drama there are some like moments of levity um that make it still fun to watch but, like, the entire cast is incredible. The whole show is just so good. It's just, like, true crime done in a different lens, I think. That's yeah. more geared, for, actually, for women, honestly. Yeah. I mean, because I'm, like, I also sort of seen the first couple episodes of season one. And I sort of, who knows, we're probably, like, in the same space. to be mm-hmm. like, who knows how it is? I could name off a thousand and one movies and TV shows about, like, like the murderer being obsessed with the man who's hunting it. Like it's the fugitive. It's Hunt for Red right. October. It's yeah. every movie my dad watches on <laughs> TNT on the weekends yeah. like, that yeah, I've yeah. seen. And they're great movies. But it's like so awesome to like see it more catered to women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we can do crime too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we can do it, and then we can solve crime too, you know. That's, that's true. That's totally that's a big part. Of that's it. a big part. A huge part of it. Anyways, but what are you watching? I watched a movie recently. It's not a new movie. It's called Only Lovers Left Alive. And it's a very indie movie that was made. It came out in 2013. It says it's a comedy drama, but it's mostly just kind of like this melancholic narrative about two vampires <laughs> who are very in love. At the beginning of the film, they start off living in different places. So it's played by Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. And Tilda Swinton is like living in Tangiers and he's living in Detroit. And it's like, he he's his whole thing is he's got a guy on the outside played by Anton Yelchin. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. He was so good R. in R. it. Yeah, R.I.P. Um, and he gets him whatever he needs. Oh, okay. And he collects like very rare and very old vintage instruments, like guitars and violin, like everything. Uh-huh. And he's just this depressed, kind of grumpy. You will be attracted to him because of how broody and how Tom sure. Hiddleston he is. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like ridiculous and perfect. It's all just very slow and very sweeping. And it's a lot of shots of regular Detroit houses at night. It was just all within that time period too, where va- the vampire genre had like made its resurgence oh, yeah. in TV and movies. That's when like True Blood and Twilight and Vampire Diaries, like they all started to like find their stride because yeah. of that like bump in the genre. I will say what is interesting about this because it is a very sort of slow indie take on their culture, and also mm-hmm. the word vampire is never used. Mm. They refer to humans as zombies. Which, like, I was a little offended by, because that basically means we're, like, the walking dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not the TV show, literally just, like, we're... Right, yeah, But yeah. Um, it's definitely, like, I haven't seen something that treats 
vampirism as like a very normal day-to-day operation. Uh And that's kind of what this film does. Very interesting. Speaking of like really different love stories, (laughs) previously on Emma Approved, Emma debunked her theory that Alex and Jane were dating and Frank bailed at the last minute on the bachelor auction. And... He sort of pseudo-confessed his feelings for Emma. Yeah, or what she thought was a confession. Essentially, he was just like, Emma, I'm so sorry. I've got to bail for a work thing. You're Mm -hmm. always so understanding. You're always so great. You always know what people need. I need something. Do you know what it is? And she was like, "Uh, you need a watch. Get out of here. Get out. (laughs) Get out. Then he kissed her hand and he left. And she was like, so like taken aback by everything and didn't know what to do. And then that's where we left off. And so now we are left to go from there with episode 57, Babies and Bids, written by Tracy Bitteroff. So we find out that the bachelor auction date auction was a success, which again, in the timeline, we we weren't sure like how close to the day Frank bailed, but I don't, I think it must have been the day before. I think it was like, yeah, day before. Day before. So now. It's like a week uh, or a couple days later. Yeah. So we find out it went well. They raised a ton of money. You know, things went well. And Emma's already like, kind of like, all right, next thing. Exactly. We kind of open on Emma, like being like, it was great. Everything was great. Now to the next project. And that's very intense, even for Emma. I was getting major Khaleesi vibes. I don't know if anyone (laughs) out there saw the last season of Game of Thrones, but it's like, I'm total spoiler alert. Sure. But like when Daenerys Targaryen basically takes King's Landing, she's like, yay, we took the capital. Now let's go like break the chains all around the world. Kind of like very like Roman Empire of her. Like she's got this like vision. She sort of like thinks of it as like, and we're like freeing everyone who's ever like been imprisoned or like enslaved or anything. But also, she killed many, 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 many innocent people in her wake of doing that. So, like, Emma's not going to kill anyone. A little different. It's very different. We're, we went in very different directions with our two things that we've seen no, recently. No, but I mean, the, the interesting thing is, because we do hear about Box Hill in this episode, which is a major event, not yeah. only in the book, but in this show... This bachelor auction was so centered on like human rights and, you know, building toward this mission that Emma approved wants now of like helping the world, making the world a better place. And Box Hill is like a restaurant opening. So these box people, do they live in them or do they make them? No, not box. Box. It's the hottest celebrity owned restaurant opening this summer. Or at least it will be thanks to us because they're our new clients. The opening of a celebrity restaurant isn't really make the world better. And it's not exactly like right aligned with that same vision. Sure. Like she kind of explains it's a farm to table place, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But it's going to be like a very like celebrity focused event. It's, it's not so much that saving the world angle anymore. It's kind of back to, and now we're my, my greatness sort Mm -hmm. of thing. If you think about it, like doing a restaurant opening doesn't help the world. It's more like the restaurant is already doing that thing where they're like, we're helping the world and we're better than everyone else. She's just kind of riding on the coattails of that. They are. The other thing that I would like to point out is they keep calling it a celebrity restaurant opening. Yeah. We don't hear who the celebrity is. We don't. Which annoys me a little bit i get that like if it's celebrity it's just the idea of the glamour but i want to know how big this person is yeah i think it it might have been cheesy if they had named a celebrity too like they would have just had to like make up someone but even then we don't know like okay that name means nothing to us so So i guess 
In a way, they made the right call. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want everyone to know that I know. Yeah. Um, but in addition to just like taking on the box opening next, she also wants to take on Annie's baby shower. Which was expected after we heard that Annie was mm-hmm. pregnant. Um, it is a little soon within Annie's pregnancy to be throwing a baby shower, but Emma's like very excited. She just wants to be there from the start and support Annie. But these are two big events, both professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. Annie is her best friend who's helped her out so many times and bailed her out on like desserts and everything for events. So this is definitely an event that Emma should be taking as priority of like taking full care of it. But Box Hill is also this major event externally, like facing and like press and everything, exposure and all of that stuff, like mm-hmm. buzzwords <laughs> that could that could uh, really put them on the map too for bigger events too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's a lot to be taking on. Um, she does trust Harriet to like really help step up and help cover everything so that's a good thing at least yeah although like yes she is trusting her but i think i'm starting we're starting to see the emma approved team get stretched kind of thin oh yeah because she even says why don't you have alex help you with like the tax deductible forms that come with the charity auction right because like, they're still wrapping up yeah the last event they're, yeah they're not they haven't like crossed all the t's and dotted all the i's on the last event they're just running <laughs> and so yeah it was just like a lot of sprinting and like Emma's not really one for oversights. She's not really one for uh, making mistakes. And I just feel like when you kind of hastily make your way through like that, it's it's never really a great idea. They are such a small company, so it is tough to be like, can they handle two events? And I don't know yet. Because mm-hmm. I think if it's like, eventually, if this were to grow out, which, you know, the revival happened, we see what happens. But still, um, if it's like Emma is the leader, and then she hires on two like more senior event coordinators, they can be like still running separate events, and she can be overseeing everything. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's like Emma's still so involved in the day to day stuff, that they can't quite do that yet. So it's like handling two events. Can they do it? We'll see. It is a startup operation. The other thing I want to point out is that she's like, blah, blah, blah. Our next client is Annie. Yeah. And I'm like, are we still doing that secret client thing? Like it's secret Santa. That's not how life works, Emma. No. The future mother does not pay you to plant. <laughs> That's the whole point of a baby shower is your friend, your closest well, friend, who's the best at planning and has the biggest living room, takes it upon herself to host. Yep. And there's no money involved. <laughs> She has a very interesting definition of client, right? Because yeah. she's called Harriet her client, too. Mm-hmm. And she's called, like, people who don't pay her clients. <laughs> yep. So I think it's just whoever she's helping at the moment, that's her client. I mean, like, Annie, I'm sure, has paid her to do client-like things for her in the past. But this for is not wedding. one of the... For the for wedding. The wedding. But yeah. this is not one of those times. I also want to point out that those little seeds of... Uh, a crush that we might be seeing between Harriet and Alex, the one-sided crush, those mm-hmm. those seeds are, are starting to grow. They are growing. They were growing pretty aggressively in this episode. Yeah. We, we, we saw little things being planted before, and now we're starting to see the result of that. So that's exciting. For example... Harriet goes to like hastily leave Emma's office and he's in the doorway and they kind of do that cute little two step of like, oh no, we can't get out of each other's way. And then he touches her shoulders and puts her out the door and I'm like, whoa, (laughs) noted. When Alex comes in, they do talk about the the dates they went on because of the auction. They both went on very adorable dates (laughs) with elderly people. Yes. I mean, Alex had a date 
with a woman named Mrs. Something. Yeah. And he, she just talked about her ex-husband. Um, so I'm sure she was like very happy to be yeah. talking about herself to a strapping to a younger, young man. Young man. <laughs> and then Emma's date was her dad. <laughs> and that was so cute that he picked her up, brought her flowers, and then they refilled his prescription. Yeah. That's so cute. I wonder how that bidding process went. We have no idea like what like the fight was or anything like that. Or if it was just like Mr. Woodhouse bit on Emma and everyone was like, nope. No, nope, uh-uh, I'm not going to try it. <laughs> yeah. How, like, how much did he, I mean, obviously it was very thoughtful. How much money did he spend to just hang out with his daughter? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just for charity, right? It it's is, for yeah. a good cause. But still, it was like someone tried to outbid Mr. Woodhouse and he was like, okay, calm down. <laughs> it's funny because on the one hand, I think you want there to be some competition for very selfish ego reasons. But on the other hand... I feel like once your dad bids, it's like weird if someone else tries to like snatch. Like, uh, Like, dude, do you see what I'm doing here? I'm trying to be a sweet, thoughtful dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is after then Harriet had talked to Alex um, about the whole helping with the tax stuff. And then she did mention the fact that they're going to be running two events, which Alex only knew of one. Yeah. So yeah, and she's not telling Alex about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alex does bring it up and Mm -hmm. he's like, can we handle this? There's some cute and awkward tax flirting. Yeah. <laughs> between, well, by Harriet's sort of perspective, between him and her, and he's just like, you can do anything. Um, this is yeah, she's be super awkward. She's really awkward. Because she, like, she wants to, like, develop something more with Knightley, mm-hmm. but she doesn't know how to, like, break past where coworkers and he sees me as a little sister. So she just kind of sits there and he's like, so anything else? Did you have another question? About budget balancing. Oh, right. Uh, I tell you what, I will email you a few links about budgeting tips to get you started. Oh, great. Hey, if the auction is any indication, I'm sure you can handle anything that Emma throws at you. And then he touches her shoulder to comfort her. Mm. Be like, yeah, no, this, these events are going to be a lot. But and like, she notices. You can hand- oh, yeah. She like, she like flinches. Like, <gasps> she's like, yeah, hyperventilating right next to him. And then like, eventually he does shoo her away. Yeah. Being like, all right. Well, bye. Get out. <laughs> it's funny because I do think she's like, this is the episode that activates that stage where you sort of think you have a certain relationship with somebody in your life mm. and then you're like, wait a minute, they've been doing some things out of the ordinary. Do these things that he's doing mean that he likes me? So I feel like she's in observation mode. She's like, okay, oh, yeah. he has touched me twice oh. and he has complimented me four times in the last 24 hours. You know, I think that she's yeah. like doing that thing where she's trying to gauge, because I think in her mind, she's like, who wouldn't want to date Alex, you know, right. because he's like very smart. He's a great guy. He's like good looking. And so she's like, wait a minute, smart together, good looking guys don't usually go for me. What's happening here? Yeah. And so she's kind of like, I guess I want to ask something. Um, Harriet sort of like noticing Knightley's complimenting her right. and his touching her. Is she crazy or is she perceptive? Should Alex not be this nice to her if he has no intention of dating her? I think Alex recognizes that he's more like hands off with mentoring and all of that sort of stuff. Maybe he is trying to like, he sees Harriet and like wants to kind of build her up too in his own way. I don't think he registers it at all as like, 
more than just like, she is like my little sister and I'm just helping out how I would help out my little sister. Mm-hmm. The shoulder touches, that part maybe, like I don't think he realizes what he's doing there. I agree. But I think in his mind, he's just like a, hey, hey champ, hey, you know. <laughs> At a girl. Yeah. <laughs> You, you know, got this. You got this. You're doing this. You know, he's like trying to make his point across. Mm-hmm. But to her, she's like, oh. <laughs> touch means love. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, so yeah. I think she's, I mean, if she's in crush mode, she's just taking all of those details and like reading so much into it that like he doesn't realize that she's doing that either. So he doesn't realize, oh, I need to be careful of like careful around her. Mm-hmm. But she's like, oh, he wants to be closer to me or yeah. he's like helping me. He's willing to help me. Mm-hmm. Um, so even when she went in, she was like, oh, you know, I want to learn about this like tax stuff. stuff. <laughs> and he was like, I'll send you a few links. She was like, oh, oh, okay. Because I think she was hoping like for like a talk through lesson right then mm-hmm. and there, but he's working, so... <laughs> He's a dummy who doesn't know that he's doing more. Yeah. There's a really great song from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend called Love Kernels. Oh, yeah. And I'll post that to the WordPress site, but it's basically about how, like, when Rebecca Bunch is beginning her courtship with Josh Chan, um, she interprets every single moment that he pays attention to her as, like, a, a display of affection. Oh, wow. And it's a very funny and painfully <laughs> accurate song. <laughs> But then Alex kind of goes in to talk to Emma because he's like, what's this I hear about two events? Right. And Emma kind of opens up about the fact that she like she really wants to put on a nice event for Annie. Mm-hmm. She doesn't say this, but I get the sense that like Emma feels like she's slowly losing her best friend to the adult world. Like she's mm-hmm. just gotten married and now she's like they're already spending less time together because she's married and then yeah. she's about to have a baby and then they're definitely going to spend less time together. And so I think she kind of wants to keep throwing these nice events for her friends so that they can have like their last hurrah before Kind of like having to accept that they'll just see each other less. Emma, Annie won't forget about you when she becomes a mom. I know. And don't get me wrong, I can't wait to tell baby Weston stories about fierce princesses and daring rescues. But things will be different. And then, as Alex leaves, she makes fun of the double X situation. Of Box Hill. Yeah, of Box Hill. And says, the hot, nerdy accountant. And he's like, you called me hot. Yeah. <laughs> and, the fa- and I will say about 99.9% of the comments in this video were about Alex calling Emma out for calling him hot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he held on to that moment. He, he, mm, that's yeah. another observation. Yeah. While Harriet's holding on to these shoulder touches, he's holding on to Emma calling him hot. Yeah. Offhandedly. Yep. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Let's go on to episode 58, Ship Shape, written by Shauna Benson and Julie Benson. So the to-do list for Box continues to grow. Yeah. This is where Emma is making all of the calls. So Harriet is going to be late to work. We have no idea why just yet. She's probably dead because (laughs) she's never late. She's never late. Um, But you see... Emma pacing back and forward and making all these calls specifically just for the Box Hill event. She's like doing all her checklist stuff and Jane keeps trying to come in and get a moment with Emma. Emma keeps giving her like the one second and like Mm -hmm. eventually closes her door. And I noticed 
that Jane was wearing very fancy high-heeled shoes with her yeah. skirt, and that feels like a very not Jane thing to wear. Jane is practical. Yeah. Heels are impractical. <laughs> so what is it that's happened to Jane that she feels the need to wear impractical shoes that make her legs look longer? Yeah. I'm just know. saying we should hold on to this piece of information yeah. as we move forward in this episode. Emma also notes that Frank is actually back in town. Yep. So that's the big news of the day. And she kind of goes through her feelings, too, and she has some time to process what she thinks. And especially after that kind of that open-ended question she thought from Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, and she knows that she, in her heart, she doesn't like Frank in that way. He's a good friend. So if, you know, he does try to ask her out, she knows, like, I'm going to say no. He's a good friend. And that's that's it. So that's I mean, I think that's good breaking news to know for yourself because yeah. it's. I think very tempting when someone like Frank is interested in you and you're like, oh my gosh, do I? But when you're like, I think it's very interesting that Emma's able to sort of compartmentalize her feelings and be like, do I need boy unit as my boyfriend to make me happy? Answer, no. (laughs) (laughs) She still likes him as a friend. She still likes having, having him around. But more than that, she's like, I'm good. And then Annie comes in, pregnant Annie. Yay. She doesn't look pregnant. They just put her in a flowy shirt. I know. They put her in a flowy shirt and they're like, pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it is. I will say that um, they called it out in the last episode. It's kind of unusual to be throwing a baby shower this early on because she's in her first trimester. Yep. So she, you know, isn't showing that much. So she's there to also pick out a theme for the baby shower. And then finally, Jane is able to come in and talk about what she's been wanting to talk to, to Emma about. And it's the fact that she realizes that with this whole Box Hill event and any kind of gift bags that Maddie's Jams would actually be a great addition aligned with this restaurant being farm to table and organic since Maddie's Jams are all homemade and organic and blah, blah, blah. Like it fits. Mm -hmm. So to Jane, she's excited because like her aunt will get to like get a boost of, of exposure for her business and maybe it could turn into like a full side business too Mm -hmm. even though she's doing great with all of the uh accounting what does she do uh financial planning (laughs) financial planning Mm -hmm. for like a lot of the mid-level tier uh clients that she got out of that fancy event uh hopefully you know she can also then build up uh her her jam business yeah multiple streams of revenue excellent way to live life Emma is not excited about it. <laughs> and she, I think, does a crappy job of hiding it. Yeah. She's taken on this sort of passive-aggressive sourpuss face. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Right. Which, like, Jane doesn't pick up on at all because she's excited and she's happy. She's like, yeah, of course Emma would love it. Emma loves you. She's loved the jam. She's taken mm-hmm. so many jams, so... Uh, I think for Jane, it's definitely a win-win. Annie notes that too. For Emma, she's like, well, something I'll deal with later. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, and then after Annie and Jane head out, we get a call from Harriet, who is not dead. Right. Thank goodness. What happened to her is actually like my worst fear in the world. She was driving through the canyon, like Laurel Canyon or Coldwater Canyon, one of the two. Probably, um, yeah. um, At night here in Los Angeles and her car broke down. And her phone was dead. I have frequently oh. driven through that canyon and thought to myself, literally, if like one car breaks down and or something blocks the road, half of Los Angeles will not be able <laughs> to get to where they're going. They won't be able to cross yeah. that from west to east. And that happened to her at night. And it was really dark and they, there were no houses around and my phone was dead. And I swear I heard coyotes. The thing is, while this uh, conversation is happening... 
Harriet's calling from the mechanic. Emma's like very disinterested in this whole call. Yeah. She's just like, oh no, and you're okay. She's like looking at her phone, yep. not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And then once Harriet mentions the fact that who saved her mm-hmm. was in fact Frank Churchill, Emma perks up and is suddenly invested in this conversation again. But what are the odds that Frank and Harriet are going to be in the same place at night? Right. Well, it's because Harriet was coming from Maddie's, um, dropping things off. And uh, he was going to Maddie's for business reasons. Yeah, he Frank and I just want to say Frank Churchill's the kind of guy who literally had to miss this bachelor auction to save a deal in Germany. Yep, and now he's dropping by humble Maddie Bates's home at night for business. Are we suspicious? We are. <laughs> But Emma is suspicious for other very different reasons. I mean, no, I think she's suspicious for the right reasons, because who lives with Maddie? Mama and Jane. Well, I guess we'll see in the next episodes. Okay. We're not there yet, but she picks up something very different. Oh, okay. From this whole interaction. But in Harriet's case, super lucky that Frank was there and that mm-hmm. he was able to help get her car towed and that, you know, she's not th- uh, safe at the mechanic now. And also, does that mean she was like up all night too? She's probably super tired of the poor thing. I mean, there's, <laughs> when you're in LA, there's like nothing worse than like not having access to your yeah. car because it's like losing a limb. Like that's yeah. how you get around. <laughs> so this is new information to Emma and she's excited to dive into what this could mean. I'm excited too. A lot has happened yes. in these last two episodes. Oh, yeah. We've got our feelings between Harriet and Alex. We've got Box coming up. I'm not excited to arrive at Box because no. that is a very, very hard thing to watch. Yep. And we've got Annie's baby shower and we've got Frank. We've got a lot of people under one one office roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of drama. So with that, let's go to the comments where we read original YouTube comments from when these episodes first aired, starting with episode 57. Lily says, you just called me hot. Hell yes, she did. I love Emma's face in the end. That was representative of 90% of the comments. Okay, got it. Uh, the next one came from a user named James Brent Isaacs. Oh, who, who is that? Who is that guy? User. Uh, who says, yo, yo, this just, no. I don't really what get that it. Reference? I don't know if that reference is anything, but I was like, it's Brent. And so I decided to feature his comment. Is that maybe referencing the last moment of the episode of the Frank saving Harriet? Perhaps. Wait, um, no, but that, because this was from episode oh, 57, 57, so that hadn't happened so yet. The end Perhaps of it's not the end, because that's when he's like, you called me the hot. Flirting. Perhaps it's Harriet's observation of, oh my gosh, do I like Alex? Oh, because he's, he's, because he's B-mart. the guy. <laughs> <laughs> we solved it. Good one, we, we did it. Got it. <laughs> Context clues. Yep. Rosa says, I cringe every time I watch a Box Hill scene in any adaptation. I know it needs to be done since it's a huge character development moment, but uh, I won't be able to stand it watching it. Same, Rosa. Same. Same. From episode 58, Epiphany Nails says, In the secret diary of Lizzie Bennet, it's mentioned that Lydia met a friend in school called Harriet. I was Ooh. so excited because I just assumed it was Harriet from Emma Approved. We don't have evidence. We don't know. We know that they exist in the same universe because obviously Caroline was that link that showed us like they're all within the same area. Mm -hmm. As far as like whether or not their paths have fully crossed, we don't know that. Caroline says, 
Okay, Emma. First of all, as nice as it was that you apologized, it's that the way you treat Jane like you did at the beginning, then it's no wonder she's so not inclined to be open with you. Second, Amy's baby shower is fine, but if you're not going to be able to put your complete focus on both events, Annie won't blame you. Her shower can wait. And yeah, no, there you go again with matchmaking for Harriet again. Sigh. Yeah. Allie says, squee! I love episodes that are straight out of the books like this one. I even almost feel sorry for Jane. At least now we know what Emma is going to insult Maddie about. Jam, for sure. (laughs) Not going to be fun to watch that. Maddie doesn't deserve that. No. Well, we have two big events coming up, which is new and different. We only usually have one big event that we're working towards, so... Mm -hmm. And we are at episode 58 of 72. So we're getting, we're getting there. We're getting to the climax of all these different things that are building up. Things are happening. This episode has been Pemberley Podcast Approved. approved.